Welcome in, everybody. I am Chris Marler uh, with today's special guest co-host. You should know him by now. Uh, it's your uncle, Chris Gordy. I thought you like you're like your uncle lives upstairs at this point, like in a good way, like like Uncle Joey and Uncle. I just realized Uncle Joey and Uncle Jesse were living together up in that attic. Yeah, there were there were conspiracies about that until Aunt Becky came along. Aunt Becky was hot, and would get she's you in still college. Hot. And yeah, she's she super hot. in prison. He's in prison for that. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't bribe schools and fake test scores. Who would have thought? She didn't play football. It makes sense. All right, I am your co-host uh, slash host, Chris Marler. Um, well, let's just start with let's just get the cat out of the bag. We're, we're recording on a Tuesday, and that's because on Monday night, I slept through my alarm, which should not have been set because it was a night. Um, I stayed up all night Sunday working on this graphic about uh, Kirby Smart draft picks all night and <laughs> literally fell asleep at my computer sitting up like Monday afternoon, like 3.30. I was like, I need to go take a nap. And Are you like new to Photoshop? Like how long does, does it take you like nine hours to do a graphic? Dude. Okay. So this isn't funny, but like. It's my biggest problem in this job is that like I know how, I'm very good at making graphics. I get like locked into this like I, I always say it's like a, it's like I'm paralyzed with indecision. It takes me out. Yesterday I spent three hours on where to put the G, the 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 number of draft picks in Kirby's photo. It like and like my whole thing for this year, like my this and I'm being very serious when I say this. I'm not, I'm not even making a joke. My my entire thing for this year was I'm not gonna sit here and and like like waste much time on how to make graphics like i'm just gonna make the content and put it up and not overthink it every single fucking time man i just overthink the whole thing it takes me no, don't overthink it. just don't waste your time do it i mean yeah. you do a good job i would spend in fact with most of the graphics you do i would say spend more time on the the you know the research and the writing like what you do like the, when you do the matchups, <laughs> i love when you do like the breakdowns of this school yeah. versus the school favorite you know Famous alumni and all that. That's all great stuff. Don't stress over the graphic, though. I appreciate it. It's, it. It was talking to somebody last night, and I was like, like, flat out, my biggest thing with this job is like, 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 like I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not like the best at typos and stuff, right? Like, I'll have typos and shit like that. But I like really pride myself on doing this, this research, and I really enjoy it more than anything. It's like my favorite thing to do. But man, I, I just like, like yesterday, I could feel myself doing it. I just can't. I kept yelling. I just kept yelling at myself. I was like, "This sucks." Anyway, um, that's enough about me for therapy today and my indecision. Uh, welcome. Yeah, we have a, we have a great uh, audience already. This sounds good. We're gonna be talking about the NFL draft. I don't think we're gonna talk 2019 LSU, 2020 Bama. I don't think we could. It's like a perfect setup for it. Um, you notice the shirt I'm wearing today? You're such a dick. <laughs> I'm not even a Georgia fan, but respect. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, I mean, we can get right into it if we want. Um, NFL Draft was this weekend, and there's a lot of takeaways to have from the NFL Draft. But one of the takeaways that I have is now that Kirby Smart, over the last two years, and, and really last his first seven as a head coach, you could – argue that he is up there with the all-time greats in college football history already after seven years at producing NFL talent. It's been a paradigm shift. Georgia is now Bama from 2012, 2013. It, it is there when you, the depth of their roster, the mm -hmm. draft picks, 
the lack of losses, Kirby and Georgia are rolling. Now, Bama's not dead. The dynasty's right. not dead. But they are what Bama was about a decade ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think – and I love that you brought up 2013 because if those of you who don't remember, 2013 ended in horrible fashion for Alabama, and I pray that happens to Georgia. Um, <laughs> to say, I love 2012, I'll say then. Yeah, no, I, I think I think that um, there's there's so many there's so many weird fun moments from the weekend, and like like I mean, I had a, I had the best weekend. I had the best weekend. I went to Taylor Swift too, which we got to talk about. It was awesome. Um, you have no comments on that. That's, that's my, it. My, <laughs> wife, my wife went, and uh, you know she had tickets, and she was like, "Do you want to go?" I was like, "No, that's for the that's for the girls." But glad you had fun. I had a um, I had an ex tell me. And I'm just, I, this is one of the funniest things I've ever had anyone say. A toxic ex texted me and said, um, I didn't know you were going to Taylor Swift. And I was like, I told you I was going to Taylor Swift. And said, give me that ticket or I will never speak to you again. And you went to like just a blessing from God. <laughs> I was just like, wow. I didn't I didn't give her the ticket. Uh, I did block her, so she will never speak to me again. Um, I had the best time, man. It was awesome. Uh, also, you know what? I'll just say it. The pettiest thing I've ever done. I, I I made a video during we are never getting back together. Oh it, wow! Sent it and then and then reblocked her. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, no, I, think, I would think you as a single guy at the Taylor Swift concert. I mean, you should have been. I was one of twelve, for sure. It was <laughs> it, dude, it was like all right. So let me, let me just take you guys to the Taylor Swift concert first because um, it's way more important. It like it was all it was all girls, right? And, and so I get there. I'm like, I'm like, of course I'm running late. So like, as I'm walking in, I thought, I thought she started like eight. So it's like, oh yeah, you've got you know, a few people going on first, like first and second act. Then Taylor will go on after that. And like, it'll be fine. I, I go, um, at like seven Oh five. I'm like, or seven 35 and I'm walking in and the concert already started. And I'm like, okay. So seats are seats are very last row upper deck, which is like, whatever. Like I, like I was just happy to go. Yeah. When I tell you I got when I got to the seats and like just catching my breath and and sweating profusely, like around just droves of of all women. Um like, and not women in like normal clothes, every girl dressed up, right? Every single girl dressed up. I wore an air raid shirt that I made from from like breaking tea. Um you should have made a T-shirt that said, "Like I know all too well." They would have loved I, that. I wanted it, so I've done this before. I've, I've actually seen Taylor Swift before. Me and my my friend Ted, I made shirts for us that were like this is like when I was in much better shape. Gold sequin, not sequins, gold like like uh, shiny gold letters, and my, mine said "Nightmare" and his said "Daydream." We were a big hit. Um, <laughs> this one I was not, and I've never seen so many sequins in my fucking life. Oh yeah, pink everywhere, sequins. Yeah, uh, sunglasses in heart shape. I mean, just everything. Yeah. It was an awesome concert though. She did really, really well. Um, oh, anyways, she did was... all the biggest superstar in the world. She did okay. <laughs> I gave her, I gave it a B plus. No, she like it was nice. crazy because it was like there's so many fucking songs that like I didn't, re- I didn't recognize. But she went on for three and a half hours, which That's I thought impressive. was too much. And it was, but never took a break. And then was like. She did say one thing. I remember, and I made fun of this afterwards with like the the group we were hanging out with. And I was like, I will say, as a thirty six year old male, I don't think she was very relatable to me. And at like one point, she like made this joke about how she was like, 
yeah, like I remember writing this song. It was when I was like 21, 22, 23, like the toughest years, like like some of the toughest years in your life. And I was like counting them off, like 21, 22. I was in college for all three of those and more. And it was fucking awesome. Like, what are you talking about? Um, anyway, so it was just, it was super weird. Um, am I breaking up right now? Yeah. Can you see me? It's not the best. Okay, I don't know what's going on. Um, anyway, but it was uh, it was it was great. That internet, um, that's what's going on. Yeah, the internet. Um, I made a comment about it afterwards. I was like, I don't. I feel like twenty one, twenty two, or three were like the easiest years of my life. I was in school and everything was great. And like every girl that we were with immediately was like, "Those were very hard years for me." And I was like, "Okay." Yeah, Sorry. she was going through heartbreak with all these. You know, did you not listen to the lyrics of the ten minute version of All Too Well? Jake Gyllenhaal was breaking her heart, dude. He was awful. She had cheated on a whole bunch. That's just terrible. I mean, T Swift's been through it all. Yeah. Um, all right, I've, I've talked about T Swift long enough to avoid the inevitable. Um, well, first of all, how are you doing? What's going on with you? I'm good, man. I uh, just got back from Vegas. Lost a lot of money. Made some oh, bets. Shit. I, I, I sent you the text. Future Heisman yeah. bet. I still I cannot believe that. And if and if the odds are at your sports book, still go jump on it right now. Carson Beck Heisman odds plus three thousand. I cannot yeah. believe it. Georgia. Is gonna go undefeated, Georgia. Yeah. I mean, and keep in mind the Heisman's a regular season award. Like he, Carson Beck has a bet as good a chance of anybody. They're not gonna. Caleb Williams isn't gonna repeat. Like if he does no, the same no. thing he did a year ago, they're not gonna give it to him again. They don't like doing that. So, and they it, and they love the the Heisman loves a white quarterback. Yeah, I mean, and, and on an undefeated team like Georgia. Yeah. Georgia's running back by committee. None of those dudes are going to get it. There's no res- one receiver that's going to get it. Defensive guys, it's like impossible to win it. So like yeah. Carson Beck, if any, I know this, Carson Beck is going to be in New York. I don't know yeah. if he'll win it, but he'll be in New York. So to me, like, dude, go jump on those odds. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't get the money out of my wallet fast enough. Well, they come, they came down from like plus 4,000 or something like that, which is weird. But I was telling somebody the other day, I was like, I thought it was really interesting. I was telling the, the pod, I thought it was super interesting. That was like plus Four thousand for Carson plus eighteen hundred for Brock Vandergriff, but everything coming out of Athens of spring practice is that that kid is. I just read something on Twitter. I was waiting on you to join, and it was it was like Brad Crawford who covers uh, South Carolina, and he even mentioned he was like, he's like everything I've heard is like they are dicing up that that defense at like ten yards a pop. Like they did in the spring. I, yeah, well, like I, I, I to him. That's what was crazy was the other quarterbacks all threw picks. Beck didn't. Right. Beck, Beck was the one poised and, and throwing all the, the, the passes downfield. So, again, like, I, I was – and I'm trying to, like, look for other angles. I'm like, hey, how about Jaden Daniels? Like, if he has a really good year at LSU. Well, like, he yeah. was, like, you know, whatever, like 11 to 1. I'm like, those are good odds. Like, no, not at all. Carson Beck, 3,000 to 1. Go jump on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, other news from around the SEC, around the country. Oregon had their spring game this weekend. Seemed to go pretty well. Brian Harson showed up. Um, and that was some of my favorite stuff on Instagram for sure. Uh, him like Brian Harson taking photos with Bo Nix this weekend and still making Auburn fans bad was really funny. Uh, you, there's a graphic that just came out. Somebody listed their top quarterbacks for next year's draft, and Bo Nix is like top five. Yeah. Not top five in the draft, but like top five among quarterbacks. Right. It's Caleb Williams, Drake May. And then there's like a big drop off, but like people really think Bo. I'm like, what is Bo Nix going to do this year to become a high quarterback prospect in the NFL? He had 44 touchdowns in like like last year. And then you also think about the fact that like, so he, I think in that offense, 
he's he's a lot better than people want to give him credit for because we saw it so many times at Auburn. And here's the thing too. I love I love joking about how bad Bo Nix was when you talk about like at, at Auburn, especially and how he, you know, blew these games. There's like I mean, he was injured in the second half against Mississippi State in that game. They had like a historic comeback where they were up 28-3, which is a horrible score. Um that, like Auburn Auburn refused to put that kid into good situations. Just refused to do it. And and now he's at Oregon. I think he's like away from that, all that kind of like toxicity and that terrible, you know, shit around the people that he grew up with and all that kind of stuff. And I, the, the whole the whole thing from a fan perspective is going to be, well, he he sucked in the SEC. Well, he also was like, you know, in his first years of being a starter in the SEC. Then he transferred and went to went to the you know and like grew up a little bit and and, and got like some confidence, had some people around him, um, and maybe he turned it around. I mean, also the Pac-12 defenses are terrible. That's fair, uh, but I, I I don't know. Like I, that kid, it'll be interesting to see what he does this year. But he's also a guy like Will Levis in some ways that's like he's gonna impress some people for all these you know uh what's the word i'm looking for um intangibles intangibles yeah yeah it's like all of his intangibles like he's gonna he has a good arm he he can move really really well he's he's a good athlete looks Um, good in an undershirt bingo and like i think his acne probably cleared up by now so like he's gonna go i'm not even saying that as a joke i think he's gonna go into the combine and he's gonna impress some people what happened with this NIL deal with Bojangles? Did that carry over to the West Coast? I don't think there's a Bojangles. Actually, I know there's not a Bojangles in Oregon. Um, I don't. I don't know because I didn't. He, he he was like the first one that came out with the the NIL thing, right? It was like, all right, now colleges, you cannot be talking to these these companies at all until after July first. And it was like July first at twelve oh one a.m. Like Milo, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't think he even got money. I think he just got like a lifetime supply of Milo's iced tea. <laughs> That's enough to some people. I mean, it's apparently it's really good. But speaking, um, of, speaking of Auburn quarterbacks, the big story this week is well, T- we know TJ Finley just went into the portal. We knew that already because he was on right. my, my podcast two weeks ago and I broke yeah. that a tip. Uh, but yeah. they, they are uh, Auburn is hosting a couple quarterbacks and Casey Thompson the former Texas and Nebraska quarterback uh, they just had in over the weekend, and then the Michigan State kid, Peyton, Thorn, uh, Peyton Thorne, and it sounds like it's down to a two-horse race that Auburn's going to get one of these guys, and that's going to be their starter this year. I, I mean, I'm not going to rule out Robbie Ashford. He sucks. I've said it a thousand times. He, he's not good. But in that offense, for Hugh Freeze, he could be – also, one thing people people fail to to kind of remember, though, um, and I may have just done that, is that in like Hugh Freeze's offense is not Gus Malzahn's offense. That it, it, people kind of just assume it's the same thing. A no. lot more passing involved in in, in uh, Hugh Freeze's offense. And I mean, let's not forget. I mean, Hugh Freeze turned Bo Wallace into a two time three thousand yard passer. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, it's it's blowing up in the chat because we've we've managed to only bring Georgia fans in here for some reason. But <laughs> I, I like uh, Ben said is uh, is TJ Finley going to Bama? Is is TJ Finley right now better than Tyler Buckner? Because that might be an upgrade for you. Don't talk all the shit you want about all the court. Just like like talk all the shit you want because I I still remember watching you guys play with fucking Mettenberger crawling off the field. After four straight sacks against Alabama and in Georgia, here's me. I said, I said, I said, all, I'm, all I'm saying about the Georgia fans is talk all the shit you want, but just realize in the same breath that you're doing it, that Stetson Bennett 
was a walk-on quarterback. So if Tyler Butner, and, and, and I know how Georgia fans all from the jump loved Stetson Bennett, and we're all super supportive of Stetson Bennett for all the years he was there. So don't don't sit here. Like, there are a lot of fan bases that can talk shit about quarterbacks. You're That's not one of them. That's not one of them. Who, now, was, the dude that, who was the dude that, like, played that first game for Georgia and then, like, ended up at, like, Wake Forest or something? Oh, Dwan Mathis. He was a top 100. Dwan Mathis, yeah. What yeah. happened to him? I don't know. He was dating Chuck Smith's daughter. I remember that because he was like, that was like a whole thing when I was on the show with him. And then, but then he went to Temple. I think he was from Philly. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, so <laughs> there was a quote, and somebody just brought this up, um, that that Bama, somebody related to J.D. Picknell, who's, who's a blonde. Yeah. Um, he's, he's like a, he's like if, if, What's the guy's name from Rocky Four? He's like if Ivan Drago like yeah. drank milk and went grew up in like Nebraska. That's JD Picknell. He's, he's like a, a good looking, a good looking blonde dude that's all ripped. Um, so he said that he's like, what I've been told is uh, that Tyler Buckner, what Bama's trying to do is find their Stetson Bennett. And I've never hated a sentence more in my entire life. I love that quote. That's so like, what a fall from grace. You just had. Tua, Mac Jones, and Bryce Young. And now you're just trying to find your walk-on game manager. That's what Bama's looking for. Back to basics. Um, Lord. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I don't think it's going to be something that is um, – they're going to settle it anytime soon, obviously, because we're going into the offseason. But, yeah, that sentence was pretty shitty. Speaking of Stetson Bennett, let's get back to the draft. NFL draft day two and three happened on Friday and Saturday. Will Levis finally got drafted. So he's not just sitting there in the, in the green room with his girlfriend and uh, mom and whoever his sister, I guess there's a yeah, lot of hot, them. Hot, hot sisters, by the way. Yeah. Very hot sisters. Um, Levis was, uh, was drafted the sec, obviously um, dominated again, but the big 10 actually did really well this year, tying them for most first round picks. And also, I think only had like five less or seven less total uh, picks in the draft this year, um, which is a lot better than some of the years past. Looking at the weekend, um, biggest surprise, biggest moment, Stetson Bennett goes in the fourth round, which I like it. All, it that just makes sense. I, I never understood. Like I've, I've enjoyed watching the fodder about it, but it just like the whole Stetson's not going to get drafted. I remember saying on this podcast, I was like, he's not doing anything to help himself. But like, I, I in the in the Vegas odds were like minus like one ninety uh, or one fifty that he was not going to get drafted at all. Yeah, no, I I fully expected he he was going to get drafted. Um, you know, I, the 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 incident in Dallas it wasn't the best, but right, he was drunk and knocking on a door. He wasn't doing anything super crazy. Yeah. Uh, but by the way, SEC quarterbacks the most selected in the NFL draft, uh, the most. Uh, from the conference since 1971. So, right. you know, th there was this big narrative a couple of years back that the SEC, oh, they're all they do is run the ball and stop the run and they have right. media quarterback play. It has gone to elite, elite levels here in recent years. And I, I don't think it's going to slow down anytime soon. Well, maybe at Bama, but at least <laughs> you're going to have elite quarterback play. Uh, no, I thought that's a perfect place for him. I mean, it's a George, it, it was funny because around the same time, the Saints drafted Jake Hayner, who's a Fresno mm -hmm. State quarterback who gets to go be mentored by Fresno State quarterback Derek Carr with the Saints. And then Stetson gets to go be mentored by the Georgia quarterback Matthew Stafford. So I think it's kind of cool uh, from that standpoint. 
No, I, th- I think that part is pretty cool. I think um, he's obviously played that stadium before. We, we all know that and, and ended very well for him. Um, so you brought up the narrative thing. I thought that was super interesting because the narratives part was was probably the, the most interesting part for me because of how quickly some of them have changed. And you brought up especially the part about SEC quarterback play. I mean, like, we're, we're not talking about this wasn't this wasn't like 10, 20 years ago that this was an argument. It was like three, four, five years ago that – the entire stigma was, oh, the SEC doesn't have good quarterback play. The SEC doesn't. Then you look at Joe Burrow comes along. Um, people who still hate on Tua for whatever fucking reason. I, I don't give a shit if you think he is, belongs to the SEC or not. The man was a two-year starter. And the SEC Offensive Player of the Year is a true freshman. Jalen Hurts comes from the SEC, even though he graduated, he finishes his career at, at Oklahoma. Um, you look at just how quickly that that entire situation has changed. Where it's 20, like 2014 is where it started to turn because yeah. that's – that was the draft you had Johnny Manziel, mm-hmm. uh, Aaron Murray, AJ McCarron, Zach Mettenberger. I don't know a lot of those guys were like fifth round or like middle of the draft, yeah. but like that was the first time in the longest I remember like four Both dudes ones. from the SEC all in one draft. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like, like there was, I'm trying to think of when I feel like there was a couple of years ago when it was like you didn't have any, you didn't have any. And I tell you what my favorite moment is. I tell you what my favorite moment from all of this is um, SEC Chuck, Chuck Dunlap the gatekeeper of all things SEC. Um, tw- or he put out a tweet or uh, Instagram post today making fun of uh, my coworker, Matt Hayes, um, and was like, how it started, how it's going. And it was like, SEC quarterback play is so terrible and it's falling apart. It's going to be the demise of the conference. And then it was like, man, the SEC just showed <laughs> like, like what it what – it, um, well, last what? year was Corral only, but that was a that was a crappy quarterback cl- class yeah. overall. And maybe we could put Malik in there because he started at Auburn. But um, oh, had a spring game. <laughs> the year before that, you had Mac Jones, you had Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, so multiple guys there. The year before was Joe yeah. Burrow, Tua, uh, Jake from State, from you know Tommy Stevens, if you want to count him. But yeah, it's just been more SEC guys year by yeah. year. And I mean, looking at this right now, I mean, I think I think KJ Jefferson will have a chance if he has a really good year. Will Rogers, uh, Jaden Daniels, I'm hearing mm-hmm. people really like him. So maybe not all going to be first round guys next year, but let's see what kind of years they have. Yeah, no, the first round thing was that that's that doesn't happen often in general. I will tell you one thing that's a concern for next year. You're talking about like like the SEC's had that that stat for 17 straight years. Connor and I were talking about this the other day in our in our class uh, or class well in our uh, weekly meeting that. Like the the SECs had this the most draft picks in the first round for 17 straight years. If you look at any mock draft for next year, there's like two things that stand out that are very consistent. There's only like five or six SEC guys, which is it's not final by any means, but it's incredibly low for their. Usually, you're, you're talking about like double digits at least, but around 14, 15 guys around the SEC. Ohio State is the other thing that is very scary to me, and that is every mock I've seen has them with a around seven to eight first-rounders. And that would be crazy if it happened. It's never happened before. Obama had seven. But, like, if that happens, I mean, Ohio State is going to be very, very good. Um, even when, I think everyone just kind of assumed, like, with the loss of uh, – um, who's the quarterback? Why can't I think of this? Uh what am I doing right now? CJ Stroud. Yes, yeah. uh, they would they would kind of maybe like you know they might fall back a little bit or whatever. Ohio State's gonna be really good next year, really good. 
Yeah, I just wonder on the the quarterback stuff, though. I mean, I, I get, you know, all these schools have recruited very well at quarterback and, and they expect uh, these guys to step up. But, you know, like to me, that's that's what I'm hesitating from putting Bama in, as a lock for the West right now. Just, be, you know, so many people are like, oh, it's Bama. Yeah. Okay, that's fine, but it's Bama had Mac Jones to all these guys waiting in the wings. Right now, we don't know who the quarterback is. And based yeah. on the spring game, we don't feel great about it. So, like, I'm, I'm a little hesitant there. So, same thing with Ohio State. Like, we can't just say, oh, they lose C.J. Stroud, but, man, they're going to be dominant and they're going to be right back in it. No, like, let's see yeah. what the quarterback spot looks like first. By the way, I think you got your stats mixed up it was it was the eighth straight draft the sec had the most first round picks or, or at oh, least 17, I, with 17 straight drafts where they have the most sec players drafted overall yeah 62 I, 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 I believe yeah um that was it was 62 that's a good point i appreciate you correcting on that there was one comment in here that i thought was funny from btv visor he said bama is far removed from sark and kiffin so the qb room has dropped off in the offense to some degree now here's why i love that comment he's not wrong but why i love that comment is it, it could not be better proof to me of how, mu- how much people hate Alabama and they refuse to give them credit. Because all I heard when Kiffin and, and Sark were there, all I heard, like from like uh, Michael Bratton said the same thing. They're only good because of the players. Those, like those offensive coordinators are only good because they had those players. Like Sark, Sark didn't have to do anything. So, I mean, like it is the, the goalposts will move constantly. Um, and the only time I wish they would ever move was in that, uh, 2013 Iron Bowl. So anyway, um, by the way, sorry, I was talking with somebody real quick about Quinn Ewers. Uh, they were asking yeah. me what kind of Heisman odds uh, were on Quinn Ewers, and I was like, I just don't think he, he would win it. And this guy said, well, What if he wins in Tuscaloosa? I said, Well, first off, I don't think it's going to happen. But well, second off, even if he does, they're just not like what we've seen from Texas under Tom Herman and under Sark so far is like even if they win that game, they're going to slip up and lose to an Iowa State or a West Virginia. Lose some stupid game they have no business losing, and I think and Quinn Ewers has a bad game. I think his Heisman stock would drop right after that. The amount of talent that they I I I, I hear everyone saying about you know they they always have these classes they always have the recruiting classes. They have not had the amount of talent, especially at those positions that are important that they do right now. I say I feel like I've said it the last last year, and I was wrong. Texas is back, and and I think I think like. I think they do beat Bama in week two, to be honest, because it's too early in the season to have developed an identity for Alabama. But are they going to the playoff? Who? Texas. Like, if they win that game, no, I think, like, even if they beat Bama, I think they lose one or two games in the Big 12 and they knock themselves out because that's what Texas does. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they did for – They at home last year and they couldn't score a touchdown to win that game. Like, if if they score any points in that game, they win that game and they couldn't do it. And they would have saved everyone from having to see TCU play in a national title game too. Um, all right, so here's the here's the main thing that we want to talk about, and that is um, the graphic that I made, and it, um, like it's it's a pretty interesting deep dive uh, about Kirby Smart and the NFL and his draft picks. Now, there's a lot of arguments to be made from like a bunch of different sides. Um, I, like, I mean, you saw it, right? So, like, this is this is what I was I found was interesting. I'm, I'm watching the the draft and. It, like immediately for the second year in a row, day three becomes a four to five hour long parade of Georgia players being drafted. And they, they take over the entire like draft. It feels like it was a commercial for UGA football the entire time. Um, and deservingly so it's, it's whatever, but like to tell you how much the, the paradigm as you put it has shifted. 
Do you know that Georgia didn't have the most draft picks, right? In this year's draft? Yeah. Yeah, who who was it? Ohio State? They were, no, it was Bama. They were tied with Bama. <laughs> but you didn't hear that at all. And think about that compared to what we would hear two and three years ago. It's it's like you would hear nothing but like the Bama stuff. Georgia has shifted the, the control and the power of the, like the SEC and national like attention so quickly, so fast because of what Kirby's been able to do. And, and I remember looking at, at something about this, like going into it, where – all right, they have 15, 15 guys drafted a year ago, and now you have you have 10 guys go this year, right? So it's 25 draft picks in two years. It's the most that's happened uh, in, in, uh, in two years in cultural history, beating their previous record they set the year before with, um, with 24, they had 15 and 9. But you look at the sheer amount of picks. Like You talk about a narrative changing quickly. The narrative only four years ago, and maybe even three years ago, especially from Florida fans, was Kirby doesn't develop talent. Well, now we're looking at that, and it, he has 55 total draft picks in the seven years he's been there. And and what's scary about that is that he had one in year one. He only had one. So he's had 54 in the past six. Y'all now tied, you, by the way. Y'all both had 10 this year, Bama and Georgia. So sad. Oh, I thought you said – I thought you were saying Alabama had the most. No, they, they did have the most, tied with Georgia. Oh, well, that's – that's poor wording on your part. Okay. Okay. Well, leaving him out of the whole discussion would be poor wording. Fake news. Yeah. <laughs> this is just more people hate Bama. Um, okay. So here, so this is what I thought was interesting. Like looking at this, you talk about how how many of those uh, players got drafted was fifty five, and he did this first seven years. I saw it immediately, and you knew it would go to it, which was this is how many Nick Saban had, and Nick Saban only had forty one. So that alone, just like sparked my interest and i was like i should stay up all night <laughs> do this stupid graphic but like where he compared i want to see where he compared to not only saban but mark richt who was obviously the coach there before uh where he compared in his first seven and then over time like how many like because he also has 15 first round draft picks he had three guys go this year which gives him 10 or i'm sorry eight in the last two years um he's had 15 uh first round draft picks in his first seven years and I wanted to see like where that ranks in terms of how many. My first thought was, I want to see how many first rounders Georgia had. Like, how long did it take them to get 15 first rounders before he got there? And the answer I found out was they didn't have 15 total in the entire Mark Richt era, which was 15 years. So Kirby's doubled his. It's not crazy. I mean, Mark Rick recruited okay, he didn't recruit at this level. No one recruits at this level. Mark Rick had a top 10 class every single year. Yeah, but there's a difference from having 9-10 versus one every one or two every year. We can go back and look at it, but, but that 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 entire roster was loaded like every year. And also, if you want to look at like just draft picks, just developing talent, because like first-round picks, it's hard to be a first-round pick. Just developing talent and putting people in the league um, – Mark Ricks was like, he, he did, he had, I think he had 40 players. The talent was always there. Talent was always there. So anyway, so what I want to see was how he compared to Mark Ricks, obviously the person who was there before him, because that used to be a narrative as well. Um, that was, he's just Mark Rick 2.0 compared to with Saban. And then also like, we're in the middle of what a lot of people think could be a dynasty. So where does it compare with some of the coaches in those dynasties? So I immediately looked up Urban Meyer. Um, I looked up guys like Steve Spurrier at Florida in the nineties, looked at, um, because I knew it was a rival, um, Urban Meyer, Ohio State, and Florida, I should say. Uh, Mac Brown. Do you know that Mac Brown? Do you know how many he only had? Do you know how many draft picks he had in, in his first seven years at Texas? 
Could have been May. I think the fir- the championship team, the the Vince Young team, was like the first one that had like a bunch of first rounders. They they never he had twenty. Wow. And like, and it was like he never had more than four or five in a year, including that year, which is weird. Um, but nine of them were first rounders, so that was that was also something. Um, what about anyway, less, did you do less miles at LSU? No, because I didn't really. He never impressed me much. Should I have? Yeah, I mean, he had a bunch of first rounders. Um, yeah, like I should have gone back. I, I can go back and look at it. I was trying to look at like some of like the the names because the other thing that like kind of blew me away was all right. Somebody brought the stat and it's, I confirmed it to be true. Nick Saban has 46 draft picks at Alabama, first-round draft picks. Um, that's the most uh, at, at, a, at one school that anyone's ever had in, in NCAA history. Second is Joe Paterno, and he has 33. So I was like, 33 is – I mean, that's just double basically what 15 is. Like, he's got double what Kirby had, but he did it. It took him 46 years. Like, Joe Pop was at Penn State forever. So, like, what does that look like? And – I don't, I don't know if he keeps this pace, but like the, I, where he ranks in some of the all-time greats, look at what Kirby did like versus what Bear Bryant did. Bear Bryant had 14 first-round picks in 25 total years at Alabama. But that Kirby was said, different. They were drafted fullbacks in the first round. Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, it's still a thing. that, like, like, like it, The whole point is we look at all of those coaches and the entire attitude we have against them is like, this is the Mount Rushmore college football. These are the greatest coaches of all time. They put all these guys in the league, all of those things. And, and w- whether you want to look at it differently or not, because the way the draft was fine. But in this instance, Kirby Smart is in that same breath. Yeah, I mean, I no doubt. And, uh, you know, if, if the Philadelphia Bull- Bulldogs keep doing what they're doing and like <laughs> building a pipeline from Athens, Georgia up to Philly, like that's Man. just absolutely ridiculous what they're doing and then they trade for deandre swift like what are they doing like i i really thought that stetson bennett was in play to back up jalen hurts yeah that um i i was saying i wish that i would have given anything from the draft jt daniels uh with like their last pick just he's at he's at rice dude he's i know he's so cool (laughs) um no but but going back to the kirby thing um just showing some of the numbers of where it ranks. Here's, here's the total draft picks in the first seven seasons of college football. We'll start there. Does that sound good? Because, um, you know, here, we'll go with this. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. Hold on. I downloaded all 33 Canva, like, templates that I had in this one folder on accident. It, like, I'm a mess with Canva, dude. I just, I love it, but I'm, I'm an absolute mess with the entire thing. All right, so 50, God dang it, that's a video. Total draft picks in his first seven seasons, 55 for Kirby Smart. Um, notable other or other notable coaches, Pete Carroll, 42, Nick Saban, 41, Mark Richt, 50. I'm sorry, 40. Da- uh, Davos, 20, 38, Steve Spurrier, 35, Urban Meyer, Florida, 29. Granted, that was only six years. And Mac Brown with 20. Um, now, I'm Urban Meyer. Le- I'm telling you, Les Miles is in that mix. I should have. I wish I would have said that earlier. I didn't. I didn't even think about that, to be honest. Um now, there was one argument that was made from a lot of Bama fans, especially that was like, well, this only happened because of Mark Richt. And Mark Richt was, yeah, look it up now. Um, for real. Like, Mark Richt uh, is the reason why Kirby's early success. Just take, like, like somebody says specifically, Nick Chubb was, was a Richt guy. I don't know why that example came up because it was a second round pick. But then, then start the year after that he was drafted, start in, tw- in, in 2019. In the last four years, Kirby's had 41 players drafted. That's that's the same amount that Saban had in his first seven years. Um, it's, it's just very Im- impressive is all I'm saying. 
Now, when you look at the 15 first round draft picks, this was what really caught my attention <laughs> because the 15 first round draft picks. Now, where does that rank? Where does the 15 first round draft picks rank um, in all of college football? Well, I'll tell you this, Gordy. It's more than 81 FBS programs have had in their entire program history uh, going into this year's draft. It is rest it is more it is <laughs> it is more than the uh, rest of the entire SEC East combined over the last seven years. Um, it is more than Tennessee has had since the Clinton administration uh, dating back uh, to 2000. And also, more than I said, like the Bear Bryant thing um, when he was the head coach of Bama. So last and uh, certainly not least, your 15 first round picks at one school and where that compares to with other coaches. It's more than Mark Rick. It's more than Steve Spurrier, who had at Florida. He had 13 over 12 years. Uh, Bear Bryant had uh, 14 over 25 years. Mac Brown at Texas, 15 over over uh, 15 years. Also, several years in a row where they just they just put no one out. Um Bobby Bowden, 31. So he's halfway to, to catching Bobby Bowden. And uh, that took Bobby 34 years. Joe Paterno, 33, uh, over 46 years. And then last but not least, in your number one, obviously Nick Saban, 46 picks at uh, at Bama. It took 16 years. Les Miles had 13 first-rounders at LSU. In seven years? Um, no, in his, from 05 to 2014. But you were just saying Mac Brown in – his yeah, tenure. So no, so I, I probably should have honestly could have recruited that. That would he would have ranked up there with Mark Rick. So that's I didn't even think about that. Should have called you for help. What was your all? Yeah, uh, yeah that oh that oh seven year was Jamarcus Russell, Ron Landry, Dwayne Bow, and Craig Buster Davis all went the yeah. first round. So I forgot about Dwayne Bow. He was good. It was really good for the Chiefs when they yeah. didn't even have a quarterback. Imagine him playing with Mahomes. <laughs> Imagine anybody playing with Mahomes though. That'd be awesome. Um, somebody said today that Caleb Williams was the was like a second coming of Mahomes. Like, See, I hate that shit. That's so it's so ridiculous. Uh, an, an NFL quarterback coach said that. Right. I'm like, dude, just fucking say who said that. So we like right. it's so ridiculous. That that's the funny thing, and I love the guys over at Lindy's. I think they do an awesome job. I still to this day, hand to God, buy the Lindy's. No, oh, yeah, all preview magazine every Sunday. I mean, every summer. Uh, but they always will have like an anonymous quote, and it's like an SEC offensive coordinator said this about Bama's Kevin Steele, and I think the game has passed him by. And I'm like, who said this? Yeah, <laughs> so it's like you want to be like out the person, right? No, it's and honestly that's like like the draft is over. It's like I was thinking the other day. I was like, what do we have to look forward to besides death? And it was uh, it was it's, it's magazine season. Oh yeah, media days will be here before we know it. Um, talking season. It's it's fun to kind of. I was kind of just uh, for a fun activity looking through the rosters the other night, guessing who you know who schools are going to bring to media days. Yeah, and um, you know, Bama won't be their quarterback, but you know, I'm sure maybe some defensive players. Yeah, you never know. I'm sure they'll be fine either way. Um, I I hope he brings all three quarterbacks. To be honest, David <laughs> <laughs> brings Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson, and Tyler Buckner yeah. all to be. Bring back Bryce just for he was so charismatic. Um, anyway, no, that's and that's that's pretty much the show this week. There's there's um we'll have another one most likely on Thursday. I think um I actually have a comedy show on Thursday, but um but yeah, I mean like unless I'm missing stuff, what what I know you talk about the. Uh, Today, LSU, yeah, LSU got rid of Brian Polian, their terrible okay. special teams coordinator. They had already demoted him, mm-hmm. but then he just left. He's going to go be the athletic director at John Carroll University. 
Why does that name sound familiar? It's it's like one of those uppity schools up north. It's his alma mater, so he's so. What like is that an odd move in in May? Yeah, but, okay. but they, they, they had demoted him. Like they already said, you're not going to be special teams coordinator. I think he was just handling recruiting. Yeah, and they were like, uh, you know, get out of here. So that was kind of a headline. Did you see the? Uh, Bleacher Report did a very early projection to the first round next year. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I saw, I saw some of the players, but what would you get? Dallas Turner, number mm-hmm. four overall next year from Alabama. Uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry, he's got going seventh overall. I think that's a little high, but I like Kool-Aid. Brock, yeah. Brock Bowers, eighth. I think that's low. I think Brock Bowers is going top five next year. Like, if Kyle Pitts can go top five, Brock Bowers is top five. Yeah. I mean – no, no tight end never been drafted that high before, and and Bowers is just such a freak. So yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like he's, I've, I've he's seen anywhere, between, yeah. I mean, I've seen anywhere between four and and like and like uh, I don't know, like ten. I, I guess like like you haven't seen a lot that where he would drop out of the top ten. That would be crazy, you know. But it's it's a year away. Those mock drafts. We, we were joking about this last week. I think it's like they're never accurate, and they don't have to be. It's like not the point of doing them. Um, but like Todd McShay, I think like his top ten or top like fifteen or something like that from a year ago to now, he got like seven out of ten right. He was like spot on. Yeah, I I like him just to kind of get an idea. Like if you go look at a mock draft this time a year ago, it had Bryce Young and Will Anderson top five, and that just yeah. played out. So I mean, there's there's certain guys that you know get on your radar. Now I think there was one uh, two years ago. I think it was had Spencer Radler going as a first round pick. And that yeah. didn't happen. I mean, he's well, still playing, but yeah, we're, it's it's so funny too. And I think that social media has driven most of this to be the case. But like, I was telling somebody the other day, like the Spencer Rattler thing when he got to South Carolina, the stuff you heard from any outside fan base was like, he sucks. He, you know, he like look how bad he was. He got benched for a freshman, and it's like, okay, just give that. That's a fucking terrible take. Like, Caleb Williams was a five star, was like like freshman that came in has this incredible season, incredible comeback. And then, oh, lo and behold, a year later, he wins the Heisman Trophy. And now he's either they're talking about it in the same breath as like potentially being Patrick Mahomes when he gets drafted number one overall next year. Um, Spencer Rattler, I don't know if he's a first round guy, but, um, you know, that, that was uh, a. The, the comment uh, Spencer Rattler is Rex Grossman. <laughs> Rex Grossman was good. Uh, hey, before, one more thing I wanted to throw in draft related. I know you always like to piss off Tennessee fans. So, yeah. uh, what did you think of? I mean, Hendon fell, and, and I think he's in a good spot with the Detroit Lions, but Hendon Hooker falls, uh-huh. and then both receivers fall. Uh, Jalen Hyatt goes 73rd overall, Cedric Tillman goes 74th overall. I read an article over the weekend that said, I'm just throwing it out there. Is Tennessee a system? Is Josh yeah. Heibel- like, but like, in other words, like, are the are these guys it's all just system? It, of course it is, of course it is. Like, like, I, listen, I saw I saw this outrage, and and it was like, but but here's the thing, when you're doing it, it works, and it 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 implores or not implores it, it like it implements like other parts of of like I don't say real offenses, but I mean like more traditional based offenses, but when you line a receiver up outside of the hashes where he's like a foot from out of bounds 
and you do that to like like to spread out as many people as possible. It's smart. It's really smart. You stack your receivers. You like you you try to find your your guy on a safety and mismatches. It's a really good system, but it's a system. It it a thousand percent is. And Tennessee fans that are arguing, like you can't argue Tennessee fans in general because like it's they're just gonna fucking get mad about everything. Like that's coming from me. But like Tennessee fans, yeah, it is. It is a system. But like you know what? If they, if they, I think if Tennessee fans took a breath and like stopped trying to have an argument about every goddamn thing that is thrown in front of them, and we're not even supposed to say GD on here, it's like the one word we can't say, but every goddamn thing that comes in front of these people, stop arguing about it and like, like just take it, take it. Isn't everything so much better now with this system? It like, who cares if it's a system? You're winning games, like, put Hypo Hooker. Hyatt and Tillman at Texas Tech last year, and they do the same exact thing. Are those guys getting drafted, or where they did? You know, what I mean, like, do, right. uh, does our opinion change on on all of those guys? That's a good question. That's a really good question. I, I was honestly, I don't know. I, I, I mean, because like Jalen Hyatt's also like a four three guy, so that for me, I was surprised he 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 could have been around one guy that wouldn't have surprised me um, with the, with the year he had. Um, the Oh, that's a really good question about Texas Tech. The one thing that I did think that was that the gripe was... on those quarterbacks for you is pre Mahomes, right? DJ Simons, Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, like all those guys, the gripe was always good quarterback, but they're just running the system, right? Uh, and I, I don't think it's like it's not as bad as that where they're throwing the ball 80 times a game and stuff like that. Um, they are throwing it deeper, and it's some, it'll be interesting to see what Joe Milton does in that offense because again, you're throwing it, you're throwing the ball deep, but you're having to throw it with accuracy. And Hinton Hooker was a like a very accurate quarterback and that doesn't just grow on trees like throwing the ball deep that that's not like a like a thing that just everyone is able to do like every quarterback's able to do um if i set the over under right now on two and a half rounds over under where does joe milton get drafted next year <laughs> round one or two or three and later i have i would have i would have him round one or two really joe milton i, I would i think I, I i don't i wouldn't draft him there but like, okay. Here, here's what I'm saying. Because if you're gonna love like, his arm strength, like his arm is, that's, is, as soon as they see it. It, it, that's what Anthony Richardson was. Yeah. You're, like you're gonna you're gonna see this whole like Anthony Richardson hit the ceiling. That whole fucking thing. It, it's like, uh, yeah, like like it, every year. Uh, it's like like the men in black, like like mind eraser thing. It happens to NFL GMs. They're like, okay, what is good on what is a good thing about quarterbacks? I don't know. I'm doing like the Cosby thing, but it's like pudding. Like, like, what's the good thing about quarterbacks? Their arms got to be good, right, guys? Yeah, that's all, that's all we need. It's just, it's ridiculous. Uh, Dan Orlovsky, I really hope he got his cut from Anthony Richardson's agent because he sold the crap out of him on like, hey man, let me let me skip ahead to play 36 in the game against Georgia. I'm like, what right, about right. 35, dumbass? Right. <laughs> what about the whole first quarter where they didn't score a point? What about the whole fourth quarter where they didn't score a point? Show me so, those plays, dude. I know exactly. I was watching this exactly at the same time you were because I know exactly what you're talking about. He's like, it's not a, it's a two point or two score game. And look at this throw. Look at this throw. And it's like, like I, dude, ESPN, I, it's on all the time. It is unwatchable at some during some stuff because it's like the worst takes that, that come up. It's so I was bad. Like, you know who I could do that with? Mike Wright at Vanderbilt last year. Right. Let me tell you, late late against Kentucky, you need a throw. Look at Mike Wright right on the dime. Mike, Mike Wright against Hawaii. It's the one good throw he made the whole game, and it's like also 
shout out to Vandy because to this day, the best bet that I had the entire year, I had like a $50 bet to start out the year that game. This game started at fucking midnight and it was over 13 and a half points in the the first quarter. And they were down like seven, nothing. And they, they bumped like, I was like, there's like one play left in the first quarter and there was like a second left and they ran the football. And I was like, God, oh, the only way it's going to happen is that they fumble and ran back for a touchdown. <laughs> and they fumbled and it was right back for a touchdown. I was like, yes, it was awesome. That's what, that's oh, what they for. That was another bombshell story we didn't get to that Ross Dellinger had today that, you, you know, so they announced the official dates for the playoffs for 2024 and 2025. Mm-hmm. And they're going to go head to head with the first round is going to go. They're going to play like the first game of round one on a Friday. And then the other three games on that Saturday, and it, this is like mid-December, and they're going to go head-to-head with NFL games on that Saturday. So you're going to have regular season NFL with three of the first-round playoff games. Well, Ross Dellinger said today, NFL conflicts are why officials are exploring moving up the season. Week zero will turn into week one, and then they will hold conference title games around the week of Thanksgiving. That sucks. Who fucking who fucking cares that much about the NFL? Just put all your fucking games on Sunday in December. Like you, you, you well, do it for what, every other fucking weekend of the year. Every other weekend on they, Sunday. They open the door because the, the, the conference championships are always first weekend of December. And the NFL's like, okay, cool. If we move into Saturdays now, and college football was like, Yeah, cool. We're we're just playing shitty bowl games, the point set a bowl, sure. So now they're like, wait, wait, we want to do playoffs. And I felt like, ah, we're not going back to just Sundays, bro. We're playing every day of the week. I so, hate that so, yeah, much. so because of that, college football is like, well, our only choice is to pivot, move the season up so we can play our playoff games before. It's just, it, the reason why it makes me so mad, like, I'm like, I'm like genuinely like furious right now because the reason why it makes me so mad is because I hate Roger Goodell more than anything, but it also like, it is the most ridiculous. It's it's such a it's such a money making like, or it, it's a, it's it's bigger than anything else I feel like in the world. It, it does whatever it wants to fucking do, but I don't understand that in December why that all of a sudden becomes a thing. Just you've you've done it in every other part of the year. Just play on Sundays, dude. Play on fucking Sundays. That's your whole thing. NFL what ticket? What is it called? NFL what ticket? Sunday. NFL Sunday ticket. Cool. So you do it for like for like. Just everything about the, the the NFL, it makes me so mad about how some of the things are run. Like like the people with the gambling shit. Granted, this time it was like their fault. Like it's like, hey, don't gamble in the like on on the premises, and they did. But like, <laughs> it's like you have it's, it's your number one. It is your number one like like ad generating revenue is is just partnering with with Caesar Sportsbook and all these different gambling apps, and it's just like, God, they just they just print money. But it's all—it's never fucking enough. It seems like for the NFL, it's it uh, just one other wrinkle for this: the semifinals of the 2024 and 2025 college football playoffs. So these are the semis, yeah. determining who's going to go play for the championship. Will be played on Thursday and Friday of NFL Wild Card Weekend because again, they want to get out of the way of the NFL and they don't want to go head to head with them. Then, but isn't that like isn't that like December 30th? So that's kind of like a. Yeah, well, I, I know the Sugar Bowl just announced today. The next three years, they will play their games on New Year's Day. So, uh, and one of those is is combined with the uh, is a is a playoff game. So, yeah. you know, are we doing the home game? Are we doing the home and home? Is that what? It, not home and home, but like the first round will be home games. So this is like all like I I, I honestly like I mean this is only this is still a year away, 
But yeah, like, but it's going to come here quick. I mean, and, and this will coincide with Texas and Oklahoma in the SEC, USC right. and UCLA in the Big Ten. Everything we've known and liked about college football is about to go out the window. Yeah, it's fair. That sucks, but I'll uh, say we'll, about that first round of uh, playoff games. One more story uh, you missed today. Did you see the Alabama baseball story? Yo, so what is that about? <laughs> a major bombshell from ESPN dropped Monday night as the state of Ohio is no longer accepting legal bets on Alabama baseball, citing suspicious activity surrounding the Crimson Tide's Friday night game against LSU. Did you get like some intel on Alabama baseball or something? Dude, something I, I, I don't give a fuck about Alabama baseball. Like all the other sports I'm, I'm cool with. Um, but like, okay, so they like they were playing LSU this weekend. Is this the game where it was like they scored like seven runs in the ninth or something like that? There were a ton. Of, yeah. They, like LSU, both of them scored a ton of, ton of runs. LSU swept right. them, but Bama scored a ton of runs. Okay. So they, they scored like, like there was something that happened. Like, cause I remember Hunter Johnson tweeting. He's like, well, this is certainly a baseball game. And it was like something happened where they, they had, Four hit batters. Hold on, Muscona tweeted about too. Muscona, Muscona. Um, why do I always say his name wrong? Uh, scone, like a scone. Oh, that's right, because I hate scones. Um, okay. So he's he has fifty one thousand followers. Holy shit. Um. Oh, so here was the deal. There was a couple of bets made in Cincinnati, Ohio. One was on a parlay, which involved the LSU Alabama baseball game. And there was another straight up money line bet. I was told it was a large bet that involved the game. Uh, they reported the uh, suspicious activity took place at the MGM Sportsbook at the Cincinnati Reds ballpark. I, I don't understand the suspicious activity part, but I, here's, here's what he here's what he tweeted: LSU allowed eleven runs on ten hits, walked seven, hit three, committed four errors, and they won thirteen to eleven. And I think it was a game where Alabama scored like five runs or something like that in the ninth inning. They still lost. So is it maybe something like one of the players for Alabama has a brother or something that lives in Ohio and was like, bro, we're going to lose this game. Go bet. You know what I mean? Like, was there some kind of intel? I don't know. Fantasy, and it's weird, too, because they haven't they haven't outed any of the any of the stuff about like what could have happened. A fucking Bama baseball. Uh, what do you call it? Like like scandal would really be a tough, <laughs> be tough for the program at this point. It's just oh. all. All the athletes, or you know what I'm saying. Yeah, basketball's already got the murderers, and uh, and now Jesus. baseball's got the gambling. All right, that's the show for today. Everyone, make sure you go follow Chris Gordy. Gordy, tell everyone they can find you. I think they probably know by now, but um, I appreciate you coming on, man, for real. And for Tyler, Tyler will be back next week, and, and we'll see everyone then. Yeah, Locked on SEC is my podcast. I'm going to have uh, Tykees Crawford on this week, the Arkansas offensive lineman. So we'll get some intel into Dan Enos and KJ Jefferson and what Arkansas is going to look like. Love it, man. Love it. Well, um, the AD of athletics got arrested too, man. I wasn't going to get into that. Okay, all right. You guys have a great week. My birthday's Friday. We'll see you then.